0: are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast
1: Network, your team every day.
2: Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Coors Light because let's be honest, this podcast is for the people that's made to chill. You don't want to get all tense, all crazy. You don't want to get all wound up over nonsense. You want to relax, have a good time, be chill about everything. And that's what Coors Light is all about. It is the beer that is made to chill. Football's going on. I know there's going to be some games missing, but Arkansas's playing this weekend at least. And no matter what it is, NFL, watching college football, just chilling. Got to go for the Coors Light, the official beer of watching any sport or team just to drink beer. And the best thing about it is that when you need to relax and kick back and chill, it just gets you all the good feels. It's cold. It's crisp. It's the way it needs to be. It's the way beer should taste. And that's why it's the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you hit the reset button, folks, reach that beer that's made to chill. That's Get Coors Light. And you can get it in any of the new look deliver, uh, new looks that they have delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company. Golden Colorado we're going to be previewing a little bit more of Arkansas Florida this upcoming weekend with Andrew Spivey as he covers the Gators and does a really great job of doing it because there's a lot of interesting things about this team that may be able to enlighten us a little bit on maybe some weaknesses maybe some strengths whatever it is Andrew's got it all so without further ado let's go to the phone lines and welcome in Andrew Spivey of GatorCountry.com Andrew appreciate you joining us man how you doing?
0: I I'm good, yeah, and it definitely sounds like it's uh, been a while since uh, that Arkansas trip. I remember making that trip, and uh, they uh, left with a a blowout.
2: Yeah, which was the first time Arkansas had even beaten Florida since joining the SEC, so it just shows you the Gators' dominance over the Razorbacks, but this weekend, things are a little different. These are two teams that were not supposed to play each other this season, but we know they got scheduled that way. Arkansas wasn't too big of a fan of it because they got Georgia and Florida added to their already tough schedule, but... Now going into the game, it, Arkansas fans are confident, but they know that the Gators are a tough team. So let's just start with that right there, Andrew. The Florida Gators and Kyle Trask have been doing a phenomenal job this season. Is this about what fans expected down there in Gainesville and, and what have been some of your biggest takeaways from the team this year? Yeah,
0: you know, I, I think that everyone kind of expected this is going to be a, a high-powered offense. Uh, I think most people expected the defense to be much better than it is. Uh, The defense is improving uh, a lot from, you know, that A&M. Um, debacle is what I call it I mean you and I could have ran across crossing route and got 30 yards against uh, Florida's defense but they're you know they're getting better um, but yeah everyone kind of expected you know the game in Jacksonville would determine who goes to Atlanta and right now it does look like that will determine unless you know Florida has two hiccups down the road and Georgia goes undefeated so kind of what you expected Uh, you know I think Florida fans uh, didn't expect to lose to A&M and if you go back and you look at that game Florida should have lost that game but you know it is what it it is 2020 and uh yeah see what it is I, I definitely think that they would go into this game uh thinking that uh arkansas is a much better team than they were maybe thinking uh you know two or three months
1: ago well you mentioned that florida's defense is playing better what does florida's defense do best
0: oh that's a tough question <laughs> <laughs> they don't do a lot of things good uh, you know they, they do a lot of things uh you know okay i guess is the best way to say i mean you know at times they can get a really good pass rush and at times their pass rush is just terrible at times they can stop the run and then at times they forget to fill the holes and and they run wide open and you know the for the defenders for the most part are, are really good players uh they just at times they they have some mix ups in the in the uh, secondary where they allow receivers just to run wide open. And you think, what, what what's going on here? And they just look at each other. So they, they do a lot of things, you know, good at times, and they do a lot of things bad at times. Uh, biggest, The biggest thing for Florida is third down. and I, I know a lot of teams in the country can say that, but Florida is a very bad third down team. And, and then they had the Georgia game and the Missouri game the last two games, but they've been much better on third down. And look at the defense. The defense has been much better.
2: You know, Andrew. Obviously, the big storyline for many different reasons is Felipe Franks, and we've talked to you about Felipe Franks when he decided to transfer to Arkansas. And he's done a really good job with the Razorbacks. All things considered, what do you make of him as a quarterback and the performance that he's put forth uh, with the Razorbacks and him coming down in his return trip to Gainesville?
0: Yeah, I've seen some. To several different people, and, and I mean absolutely no disrespect to Felipe when I say this, but I think the pressure's off of Felipe at uh, Arkansas, and I mean that to no disrespect to Arkansas at all. But that the, the pressure of going to to the SEC championship and the national championship just isn't there for you guys this year, and, and that's no disrespect to Sam Pittman's first year. The pressure is just off Felipe, and, and, and you can tell that he seems to be playing much freer, uh, much more relaxed, and, and that pressure just built up on him the last few years in games. Gainesville. And, you know, we we all know what Felipe can do. He can throw the ball, he can fling it with the best of them. The biggest question has always been uh, between the ears and maybe not forcing the ball in, you know, in double and triple team coverage uh, when he has a wide open receiver. And, you know, I, I see that. Still a little bit, but not as much this year as years past. Uh, I'm interested to see. You know, like I said, Florida's had some major breakdowns in the secondary, and we all know Felipe can air it deep. Uh, it's a matchup that I think a lot of people need to watch this week is uh, Felipe hitting the, some deep balls on Florida over some of uh, DB's heads.
1: Can, can you take us back to uh, the, the process, the journey that Felipe has been through? Because um, he was a highly touted recruit at the time. And then, take us back through that process of him getting to Florida and now making it to Arkansas.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was a big-name quarterback. I mean, committed to LSU uh, as a sophomore, and, uh, and then flipped to Florida in December of his senior year to Jim McElwain, and, uh, you know, it was a it was a battle. You know, Florida was trying to get Justin Fields, and, and ended up taking Felipe, and uh, Fields goes to, uh, no, excuse me, uh, Dwayne Haskins at the time. Dwayne Haskins ends up going to um, Ohio State, and you know that the process really started then where Felipe got on campus and, and Florida's quarterback. We've all talked about as bad as it was. You know the last few years with the Will Muschamp era and then the Jim McElwain era, and he was kind of pushed in there to play early. And uh, he, you know, at times played well, and then started to to go back to his old self where he's throwing a lot of interceptions. And then he gets hurt, and Kyle Trask, you know, the kind of comes in and doesn't relish, relish the job to him and. You know, I don't think that's a bad thing for Felipe. I think Kyle's just played much better um, at times as far as keeping the keeping the ball and not turning the ball over. And That's something that was a problem with Frank.
2: So looking at Florida also this year, this is something I've been curious about. There's a few – obviously they've lost a game to Texas A&M, but there's been a few things about them that a lot of people have really liked, obviously offensively. But in your mind, is this team, if they play their cards right, are they good enough to win the national championship this year? And if so, what's holding them back from taking that next step?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we all know it looks like it's going to be Florida Bama in the SEC Championship game. And, you know, I mean, that's going to be an absolute shootout. I mean, both defenses can, I mean, both offenses can score, you know, nonstop. And I don't know how Florida slows down the Alabama offense. You know, when you look at Florida's offense compared to, you know, like Ole Miss's offense, and Alabama had no answer for Ole Miss's offense in that game. So, you know, I. That's just my biggest question, Mark, is when you go to when you start to play Alabama and then, you know, let's just say they they were to get to the college football playoff and you run into a Clemson or Notre Dame or Ohio State, those teams have better defenses that can slow your offense down. I just don't know if Florida's defense can slow down some of these high-powered offenses enough that Florida doesn't have to score every possession. And when you get into these games, you just can't expect your offense to score every possession. I mean, you look at the Georgia game, and, you know, Florida had some opportunities to, to score more and didn't, and they're lucky that it didn't come back to haunt them just simply because Georgia's quarterback play was so bad.
1: How does Florida's offense change if Kyle Pitts isn't available?
0: Oh, he changes a good bit. You know, that's that's what we were talking about a little bit on our podcast this week. Is you go back and you look at when Kyle Pitts came out of the game in the second half, in the second quarter of that Georgia game, and the offense just kind of died out. And and that and it's not because Kyle Pitts, you know, had a ton of catches in the game. He had two catches in that Georgia game, but it didn't matter where he is on the field. They're going to double and triple team cover him every time to allow other receivers to be open when he goes out of the game. You can now kind of—I don't want to say relax—but you can now more play a basic defense against these guys to not double team one guy, and you can, you know, work off of it. Double team Kadarius Tony a little bit. And I think that's where it changes a little bit. It's Just not having that distraction on the field in Kyle Pitts that you have to know where he's at every play.
2: So, do you think he plays this weekend?
0: I don't think so. I mean, the, the reports we've heard is that he's a highly highly questionable and um he has still hasn't practiced he's still in the concussion protocol so you know i I, knowing dan Mullen, he's not going to push him to play and and again no offense to to you guys at arkansas but you shouldn't need kyle pitts on offense you should still be able to score enough points in this game that i don't think you push him
1: now we saw that the backup tight end he had to get some time because kyle pitts wasn't available what can you tell us about him
0: Yeah, Kamori Gamble and both Keon Zipper, both of those guys are going to play a ton. Kamori Gamble had his first touchdown uh, on Saturday, and Keon Zipper had a long 48-yard catch and run uh, in the game. And both of those guys are very good. Biggest question, I mean, the biggest thing difference between them and Kyle Pitts is you don't have to double team those guys like you do Kyle Pitts. And both of those guys are very capable of, you know, making plays. They're just not going to do what Kyle Pitts does. And, you know, I think if you're going to look at somebody who's going to have to replace Kyle Pitts, you're going to have to look at a guy like Trayvon Grimes and Justin Shorter. Those are two of your bigger receivers that you're going to have to rely a little bit more on in this.
2: We'll continue our conversation with Andrew Spivey of Gator Country here in just a second. But first, folks, I'm going to tell you about Bilt Bar because we all like to have convenient, easy, healthy foods. But the problem is it's really hard to get all of them together. It's hard to get something that's easy. It's hard to get something that tastes good. And it's hard to get something that's healthy. But luckily, Built Bar has able to, been able to master all of those things. They come in 18 different amazing flavors. Whether you like the nuts or you don't like the nuts, it doesn't matter. They got it set up for you. you can lose or maintain weight while also indulging in a delicious treat. They are also low calorie and low sugar, but high protein and high fiber. So it's great for many different diets that you're trying to be on. And the best thing about it is we have a deal for you. If you go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, you'll get 20% off your next order. doesn't matter how many you order, order hundreds of thousands. It doesn't matter. Order them all, but just make sure you use that promo code locked on because you'll get 20% off. No matter how big the order is, it's a great deal. Take advantage. Start feeling a little more healthier while also enjoying the things that you eat. BillBar.com. Use promo code locked on for 20% off. You will not be disappointed.
0: You are Locked On Razorbacks for daily Arkansas Razorbacks
2: podcast. Now Andrew, I do want to ask you this because this has been controversial from uh, a lot of people's perspectives, but I want the the Gator Nation over there to give us their perspective. The whole brawl that happened with Florida and Missouri, you know, I'm here for it because I always like a good old-fashioned brouhaha, but it seemed like a lot of people were blaming Dan Mullen for instigating it, for uh, elevating it, however you want to put it. He had some suspensions and all that. What did you make of, of that brawl and the repercussions that came from it?
0: I'm going to give you a very PR answer, and and, and people are going to maybe get on me, but I, I see it both ways. Um, I, I understand Dan Mullen taking up first quarterback. If you don't take up for your quarterback, you potentially lose your locker room there. Um, but I also think he took it a little too far. I think that, you know, that what was done was done, and, and he should have backed off from it. And I think he did go a little crazy uh, you know, out there. It, it, I also will say this, and I don't think that it wasn't orchestrated in some way. His team was playing not good. Uh, their defense had been playing bad. It was a way to motivate and rally his team. And I and I think that a lot of people don't see it that way. But if you go back and you ask the guys, they all say that that was the moment that things kind of changed in that game and, and going forward in the Georgia game. So I, I see it both ways. Again, I don't think Dan Mullen should have went as far as he did, but I also understand him back in his quarterback.
1: So what was the the talk and what was made of Dan Mullen showing up as Darth Vader? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I, I don't understand why some people got upset about it. I thought it was off in the games. He has two two kids that are in you know in, in elementary school and he said you know before that the game was moved I mean Ford was supposed to be off and he said I was supposed to go as Doc Vader and go trick-or-treat with my kids like I do every year and I wasn't able to and I already bought a costume so I wanted to wear it so I don't make I don't I don't care too much about that you know I know some people were like why did he show up like that but it was all funny games you just want a game I mean that that part didn't bother me
2: yeah and it was funny too because I, I always liked Dan Moulton and his uh Uh, shenanigans if you want to call it that i think it makes college football a lot more interesting but you know he's he's got a lot of pressure on floor because floor is a very high pressure job but is everyone still pretty happy with the job he's doing so far with the gators They still feel like he's the man that'll get them back to a national championship game just like urban meyer and steve spurrier did
0: yeah absolutely especially after saturday i mean you know, we we kind of talked about it a little bit. The Saturday was a legacy game for him, and I know it was only year three of his career, but you had to win that game if you're Dan Mullen. I mean, if not, you, you risk losing going 0-3 into Georgia against a bad Georgia football team. Um, and I know they were number five in the country. We all could agree. They're not the fifth-best team in the country. So, you know, and then all the pressure and all the, you know, the publicity and some of it bad. I mean, he should have never made the comment about Pack the Swamp. That was, I was just nuts. He should have never made that comment. And so he's brought a lot of pressure on himself and, you know, a lot of it is, you know, warranted. And so I, I think Saturday was such a big win for him that fans are really, you know, backing him now. And, you know, he can kind of do whatever he wants to now. They He won against Georgia and, and now they're, you know, potentially going to Atlanta. So fan base loves him and, so far I don't think you can argue too much with it.
1: We know what Florida likes to do offensively, Dan Mullen likes to do, and they do it well, and that's passing the ball, but what can you tell us about that running game, because we haven't seen much of it.
0: Yeah, you haven't seen much of it, because they just haven't had to do it, and um, you know, I, I know a lot of people continue to say, well, Florida can't win without running the ball, and uh, my response always is they haven't been forced to run the ball. And, you know when you Dan Mullen has said all the time, if he could throw the ball and have extended running plays, he's going to do that, and that's kind of what Ford is built for. Their offensive line still isn't really built to be a, a more of a running team, and and he takes advantage of that. Uh, but at times, and last week as well, the the running backs did really well catching the ball out of the backfield. And when the game was you know needed to be put away late in the fourth quarter, they did run the ball pretty well. So uh, again, are they going to run for 150, 200 yards? No, but they're not gonna be asked to do that and they're not gonna really be given that opportunity to
2: do that. We'll continue our discussion with Andrew Spivey of GatorCountry.com here in just a second, but first this.
0: You are locked on Razorbacks, Daily Arkansas Razorbacks
1: Podcast.
2: So I gotta ask you this too because I like the perspective from outsiders. Sam Pittman and his first year at Arkansas, we know what the expectations were we know how bad Arkansas has been, but he has kind of become the darling of the SEC. What is your thoughts on Sam Pittman as the coach of Arkansas and the job he's done so far?
0: I think he's done a great job. And, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit uh, with uh, Richard Davenport from the, from you guys out there at the uh, Arkansas Democrat. And, uh, and I, I told him this, and I don't mean this is zero disrespect to you guys, but I think Sam Pittman was the right guy there. And, I don't know if Sam Pittman fits at some other universities, and I think what Sam Pittman brings to Arkansas, that physical, you know, just go-hard mentality is what fits Arkansas, and I, I think that he's done a great job. I mean, just, like I said, you guys should be 4-2. I mean, the Auburn game, we all know that's a joke. <laughs> so 4-2, year one, after what it was, it's best. I, I think the sky's the limit for Sam Pittman.
1: Is this a game, uh, the talk that you're hearing, that fans are concerned about, or are they just feeling like this is another W on the schedule for Florida.
0: No, I absolutely some concern just simply because of coming off that Georgia game. You know, I, I think a lot of people don't understand that how big the rivalry is between Florida and Georgia. It's just a pure hatred. And it, and it starts from the top. Kirby, Smart and Dan Mullen do not like each other at all. It's a, the the effort and everything that's put into that game, you have to be concerned. um, You know, and with Felipe, I mean, these guys love Felipe, but they also want to beat Felipe. And I I think you can look at it the same way, and that is does Felipe come in a little too high. So, you know, fans are definitely, they're worried about it simply because it's the game after Georgia, and, and they also know what Felipe can do when he's right.
2: Well, Andrew, I know that uh, this is going to be an interesting matchup for many different reasons, but I think that we're all on the same page as far as our, or Florida, I should say, getting a victory in this game. But what do you see happening? Do you think it'll be a close game? Do you think Arkansas will put up a, a pretty good fight? We know Sam Pittman's not going to be down there. Barry Odom's going to be the guy, but what do you think happens in this matchup?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, I keep asking myself this, and I don't know if I'm, you know, overthinking this a little bit, but, you know, I think you know, having Sam Pittman is a bigger deal than some people have just because Felipe's going to need to be settled down in this game. We, we know Felipe, and we know Felipe can get a little overhyped at times. And who's going to calm him down? Is, is there someone else on staff he's close to to calm him down? And, um, but, yeah, you know, I think it's the second half game. I just I don't trust Florida's defense at all. And I know what they can do, you know, if given time and, and able to throw the ball deep. And this defense just concerns me with the deep ball. So, I think it's the second half the game. I, I do think Florida pulls it out and, you know, wins, you know, anywhere 7 to 10 points. But I think it's a close game in the second half.
2: All right. I got one more for you before we let you go, though. Be a meteorologist. What's the weather looking like this weekend?
0: <laughs> Should be good by Saturday. But, you know, this this drunk hurricane that we're calling it down here. Who knows what it's doing, but it's supposed to hit tomorrow and be out of there and be pretty for Saturday, but it's 2020 and this hurricane, I think it's hit every part of the, the golf possible. So we'll, we'll see. Hopefully this comes on and gets on out of here.
2: Yeah, let's hope so, man. It's going to be a great game. Enjoy the weekend, Andrew, and enjoy the matchup. Uh, you know, I know that the, the Gators are doing a great job here, and I'm sure that it's a lot of excitement going on for you guys down there in Gainesville. Appreciate it, man. Have a great one, and we'll be catching up with you later down the road, all right?
0: Absolutely. Good luck to you guys. Talk to you soon.
2: Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, and we will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.